Hello and welcome to the 361 Degrees Podcast, Season 7, Episode 7. My name's Ben Smith from Wireless Worker. I'm Ray from the All About Sites. I'm Ewan from Mobile Industry Review. Welcome back, gents. It's good to see you. Hello. I, I just felt a bit different. Was that your Plans of the Apes intro? Uh, no, I just don't know what I was doing there. So hello, how you it, It's an unfortunate that this is an entirely audio medium because the, 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 list, waving my arm. the, the <laughs> listeners didn't get to see you do what looked very much like a constipated chicken dance. <laughs> it's just, quite, just the excitement. I'm just really pleased to be here. Fair enough. You don't We're get with out, both of you. You don't get out much anymore, do you? The, the, <laughs> Not uh, since the kids arrived. <laughs> no, this is so true. Memo for next time: keep the chocolate brownies away from you. And no, no, we only have salad here. Exactly. So no, no more chocolate brownie salad for you <laughs> next week. So, gents, what's exciting in your lives? <laughs> I've got a, a job. I've been employed. You've finally been employed. So please yes. stop sending donations to. Uh, no, no, no. Keep them coming. <laughs> yeah, keep them coming. Yeah. So, uh, are you in a position to announce what you're doing yet? Uh, no, I, I think it's um, uh, important. I don't. Okay, and I'm sorry. I think all we can say is nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Those streets don't sweep themselves. It's not Amazon. Not not working for Amazon. Okay. No. And, uh, it's actually, not Microsoft. Actually, I was just mentally making a list of all of the firms you've upset in, over the years with blog posts. Going, <laughs> it's not, not Vodafone, them. I should <laughs> not say. Them. Not them. <laughs> Ralph Blanford, any news with you? Oh, there isn't any particular news with me, but I did want to say I've been enjoying using the flip cover on my HTC One M8. Now, normally I'm not a big fan of cases and things because they just take you away from the phone, but this actually has the ability to kind of light up behind that what's actually a cover with lots of holes in it you tap it once and you can get the time up and then cup it, tap it a couple of times you get the weather up you can actually also answer the phone through it and so it's a case that actually adds to the experience and i'd like to see more of those kind of accessories rather than things that are just around the protection so i got i'm um, actually a few weeks ago now but i've got my um native union jump through the post right this isn't some boring Kickstarter thing that's going to break after three weeks, is it? Well, it is. It is a Kickstarter thing, but I don't. So I was it Kickstarter or Indiegogo. Uh, Kickstarter. Okay. So um, Native Union are a company that you might have seen actually in Apple stores and things. They make kind of accessories and stuff right. uh, anyway. So they're, they're established name, although maybe not as big as you know, sort of the likes of Belkin and people like that. But they make accessories and. Um, they did a uh, Kickstarter project to make this product called the Jump, which is actually going to go on sale in the shops later in the year. And what it is is it's an iPhone charging cable with this big, with this sort of, I would say, um, sort of two-inch square um, lump of plastic in the middle, which is um, a battery. And so what you do is normally is you plug it into your computer or your USB charger and you charge up your phone, but all the while the, the battery on this cable is charging up and then you tuck it in your pocket and when you're out and about and your phone inevitably runs out of juice you can just plug the cable in and give it a quick boost jump. up and then the, the oh, j- quick jump, jump, jump. Yeah, exactly. and the nice thing is you see unlike all my other battery all my other batteries which i carry around with me to charge things up this one charges because it's plugged in all the time whereas the other one i've got a ma- i've got a really big one i bought off amazon for super cheap um, but it's never any use to me because it's always run out of juice. I just wish we could go back, you know, 10 years to the good old days where you charged up your phone he's, once a week. He's talking, he, talking he's about Nokia going again. back to Symbian again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I wasn't thinking about so much Symbian. Yes, you even, were. Even Symbian couldn't last a week on a single charge. Blackberry but did. the idea that you now have to charge your phone every day has been established. Twice a day. Do you, remember the good, do you remember the good old days when it says, are you trying to connect to the internet? Which access point would you like to oh, use? Yes. Oh, that those were the good great. old days. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, 
I think we should probably crack on this week, Mr. McLeod. Yo. We don't have an we don't have a guest, but nope. what we do have to talk about is some news that you picked up on and you're going to tell us all about. Yes, right. So it's I want to talk about switching. So for a long time there's always in my mind always been a, an opportunity to for big brands to say, "Do you know what? If it's just money, if it's just a small switching cost for you to actually consider using our product, we'll pay it for you. And I've always liked that. We'll pay your cancellation fees or those kind of offers you see. And more recently, uh, T-Mobile in the US has famously said, look, if you want to bring uh, your your family plan or your, your own plan uh, to us and you're going to get charged a crazy fee by your existing operator, we'll pay it for you. I really like that kind of idea of just saying, don't worry, we'll remove the cost as an issue. And for the first time in my memory, um, considering how much you drink, that's not very long, is it? Well, it's, it is a lot of bubbly. Okay. Sorry, not champagne, but just car- carbonated drinks. Um, for the first time, I've seen a massive brand, right? Microsoft, today, um, they announced um, the following. We'll pay you $650 if you have a MacBook Air. So bring a MacBook Air. We'll give you $650 to switch to a Surface Pro 3, the latest version of the Surface Pro. And this is US only, as far as I can I can tell. I've been hunting around and trying to find a UK equivalent. I have a MacBook Air. I'm not actually using it that much. And I would definitely do this. So this is the first time I've seen a big brand that we're aware of actually go to market and say, um, we would like you to try our equipment. We're going to give you a reasonable amount of money, $650. Um, what's the Mac Air in, in dollars? What's that, $1,000? At least. About 1000 or $1,100 or something like that. So it's probably... It, a bit you're, more you're probably not going to trade in your new MacBook Air, but if you've had one a couple of years, yeah, a year and it's a bit not a terrible price to get for it, perhaps. So I'll, what, what you do, you take it into the store, they, they'll then give you $650 worth of credit, which is um, more more or less enough to get you toward a, a Surface Pro 3, enough to make, make it um, easy for you to make that decision. So again, I struggle in dollars. What Do you know what the, what's the retail cost on the Surface Pro 3? I'll, I'll just have a quick. I didn't see the Surface Pro. Pro the Pro is actually the expensive one. Uh, let's have a look and see. I'll just have a look and see where, where it is. It depends on which model you're going for. It, do, but, it does because there are uh, variations on the processor, much like you would have with a laptop and the, the internal memory as well. But they start at around the I think it's the eight hundred pound price point and go upwards to two thousand. And so this is that's in sterling, though. So, that's so in sterling. The, the base model of a Surface Pro 3, and let's just keep dollars, because yeah, yeah. they're offering $650 yeah. trade-in for your, your MacBook Air. The base price is $799. So that's enough to get you to the, the, the base And that's model. the core i5 model. Yeah. And have you got any other, got like any higher spec ones there? No, I'm, ju- I'm just looking here. Yeah, I mean, so you, you've got the i5, you can get a... All right, let's go for the top. I like going for the, the biggest, yeah. most expensive one. I like the Apple model of going to the right and down. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, that okay, Ooh, right. The five hundred twelve gig yep. uh, hard disk Intel i seven. Di- did you say hard disk, Granddad? All right, well, hard disk. Yeah, that, that's what we all. What's wrong with that? You should say SSD. Oh, don't be ridiculous. Right, it's You're um, wrong. one. <laughs> enough of that, you opportunist. No, apologist. Um, one nine four nine. One nine for so two thousand dollars if that, you want the top of the range one. My God, you could buy a car for that. Yes, all right. So, but okay, okay, but, right, right. So okay. They'll, 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 you haven't helped my argument here. Well, right? You so, meant to say yes. I've been thinking about it. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm in the zone. I'm in the possible we, zone. We, we can talk about we'll talk about the product in, in, in yeah, a bit. Yeah, right. but, but 
the idea the idea that you could buy a piece of hardware and get somewhere between most to a third of the price off is pretty appealing. Yes. Yeah. And we've seen this with phones. I mean, Microsoft has actually done the same thing with the iPhone and Windows phone. And indeed, some of the Android manufacturers have done something similar. This kind of trade-in thing is, is not a new idea. And you've talked about right. how you sent your phones off for, for uh, but I this, use Virophone is who I use. Exactly. But yeah. this kind of idea of swapping to kind of promote the switch yes. is the, the, the difference here. Yeah. And it's trying to get over that whole barrier of if you switch, it costs money. So what would it take you to switch? So, so we're sitting here. You've got an iPhone in your hand. Mm-hmm. You're reading the news off an iPad. I, I bet, bet you've got a MacBook with you. or I didn't bring it today, but yes, yeah, I've got yeah, a MacBook yeah. um, Pro, MacBook Air. Okay, so I would, I, would, I would say that you are mostly invested in the Apple ecosystem. Generally so, yes. So what, yeah. what, what, would, what would Mr. Microsoft have to give you Well, actually, to, this one really appealed. If it was in the UK, I think I'd probably do it because I have got a MacBook Air. It's not really my primary device anymore. It used to be uh, the Pro's a primary device. So I, I would, it, me, my particular uh, circumstances, I, I'd probably go, yeah, I'll, I'll try it because I, I haven't ever That's enough to push you over yet. the edge. It, it is, yes. But what, it, is it psychological because, I mean, in terms of the cost, you could do the same thing by trying to trade it in or sell it. Yeah, of course, it's, just, it's easier. It's easier. Yeah, absolutely right. What about to switch wholesale? So what about if the deal wasn't... Oh, that's an interesting one. What, what yeah. about if the deal wasn't give us the MacBook Air that you don't use anyway? Right. What if it was give me your iPad, give me your iPhone, oh, I love give this. me your Mac, right. yes. give me your MacBook Air? Yeah, we, we will replace your lifestyle. Yeah, yeah swap your lifestyle to Microsoft. Yeah. I mean, I can swap your lifestyle to Microsoft just by coming around your house and breaking everything every 20 minutes, but, you know. <laughs> yes, very interesting. Um, okay, I, I think that is something I have been exploring uh, Mobilence Review quite a few times in the past because I've been looking at the, the possibility of renting these kind of devices and services. I mean, I, I like the idea of saying to Microsoft, for example, listen, um, $150 a month, 150 quid a month, or 100 quid a month, and I want everything from me. I want the, the machine and the living room, I want this, that, and the other one, the Xbox, et cetera, et cetera. But just, you know, how much, and I'm, I'm game, and just supply me the hardware and everything and, and give me a new one every three months and so on. But, but Rafe, although, although there's, Ewan's invested a lot of money in the hardware and you could switch it, you could rent it, you could do something smart about changing it over, the real investment is in apps, media, or, I mean, we've talked it's about... It's not that much. We've talked Come about on. ecosystem locking. So what, the so real investment, the, the most painful thing for me to swap would be the fact I paid seventy five or seventy nine pounds for the um, the Tom Tom app. That was annoying. That's the most expensive app I've ever bought. I, I don't think it's necessarily about the cost of apps in terms of buying them. It's actually how familiar you are with the system. Um, and a psychology. Ergo, ergo, yeah, get the psychology right. But I wasn't just talking about iOS apps. I'm thinking about. Um, you're going to have to go and rebuy Office. Office. Yeah. I mean, Annoying. you're going to have to go and rebuy um, all the creative. I mean, do you use Creative Cloud or Am- I, mean, I do, but that's PC as well. They'll give you the PC version, so that's not so much of a problem. Yeah, I'd, I'd be really interested in that. I think that's a very smart idea. For my, I wonder if Microsoft would ever do that. Say, look, we will replace your lifestyle. Uh, you know, uh, what have you got? Give us all your devices. We'll get them sold and we'll supply you the Windows ones. But one of the interesting things is here, it's unlikely to be a, a wholesale switch most of the time. And actually, a lot of people don't live completely in one ecosystem or the other. And so this idea that they might swap out one or other device, I don't think is particularly far-fetched. So it's going to come back. A lot of people will own an Android device and they'll also own an iPad because 
for a lot of them, that's the, the respective high level or the best thing in each type of device. But wouldn't, wouldn't I mean, <laughs> I, I, know you're, I, I, know you're, I know you're factually right because I've seen it, but it always confuses me. Why? Because why, why wouldn't you want the same apps, the same experience? Like when I, I have an Android phone now, which I use as a secondary device, and when I pick it up, I'm frustrated because all of my gut instincts in terms of the, the way that you interact with the interface, the expectations, the speed you can move around, are frustrated by the fact it's different. I'm not saying it's wrong. It just, for me, is different to what I'm kind of used to in daily use. And, and, and surely that, that switching backwards and forwards all the time has such a kind of a, 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 a mental load, you know, kind of a... a, a cognitive a, dissonance between switching from one to the other. And you're right. Rafe just used the term cognitive dissonance on the that's podcast. The, that's the phrase of the week. That's the phrase of the week. That's the phrase that pays, ladies and gentlemen. If you had cognitive dissonance in, 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 your, in your ballot this week, that's it. <laughs> Come on down. That's it. <laughs> but, but the thing is that that promise of cross-device hasn't really been delivered yet. It's only now with iOS 8, with the uh, idea of continuity, right. that, yes. know, is really coming in. Of course, that's not yeah. available yet. If you look in the Android world, you, know, you can go onto a, a Chromebook. Well, that, yeah. that's nice, but it's not a complete desktop offering. Android tablets really I would say aren't as a smooth experiences uh, as Apple. And please refer you, to the podcast a little while ago, listeners, where both okay. these guys said but, but it the, was. But the point is, the only ecosystem that's kind of offered that you know cross category similarity has been Apple, and even they haven't done it very well, particularly between mobile and desktop. Uh, Microsoft has come in and started to do the same thing with Windows Phone and tablets, and now the introduction of Windows 8. But none of those, I think all of that kind of idea of cross-device is more theoretical, um, and people, just because of the way they live their lives and the way they buy devices, they'll have a different gaming console, be it PlayStation or Xbox. They'll have a different TV. And just in the old days, you know, it was about having the same TV and video and DVD, same manufacturer. It just doesn't work like that in principle, and people have got used to this slightly dis disjointed world. But I do think it is going to become more important because people will get used to the idea of moving seamlessly from one device to the other. And so um, actually the next switch that consumers do might be the last one that they do because it's going to become harder and harder to switch out as more and more the value goes away from the hardware. Okay, all right, right. Let me move on a little bit with the same point here. Did you see what Motorola were doing? And I think still doing in the states. If you want to try one of the latest phones, they'll send you free yeah, this for two is the weeks. Motorola X, and they'll put it through the Moto Maker. Yep. And actually, this is basically interest-free. You try it for three weeks, and you pay yep. one dollar up front, and then if you like it, you pay four hundred dollars at yes. the end of your. Now that trial. is a very very smart idea. I think I'm looking forward to seeing what the results of that are. I hope it's profitable for them, because I think there's a lot of people that would actually switch, quite happily switch. The, but there is a um, an issue when you look at the cost of this stuff. You know, fifty or hundred pound a month people are, are, are spending on their their mobile phone bills. Um, you know, they have to wait until the contract. This very Western, very UK centric view, but they have to wait until they do an upgrade to then decide what they're going to do. And then they're very careful about the choices they make. But even even if you're um, even if you're not subsidised, even if you're making the wholesale payment, I've got six hundred dollars, whatever, in my hand yeah. to go and buy a new smartphone, or even even if. Even if I'm buying a $200 smartphone, it's still a not insignificant amount of money. Or I'll go try it. Would you like to try it? But and, and, and it's one of the few devices where I can't experience it properly in the shop environment. Correct. Because yeah. I, 
It's not ideal, but I can go and use a laptop screen, use a laptop keyboard, run some software, pick it up, hold mm. it, and, and have some idea about what, what using it might be like. But I can't stick the smartphone in my pocket and walk around with it. I can't see if it holds a network connection. I can't get a sense of how quickly the battery runs out. And I know batteries... Can't put it in your pocket. I know, yeah, as, as, mm. as I said. Did you actually say that? Yes. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. But but that's that's a really key point because um, it's bad enough. If, if we don't listen to the podcast, how can we expect anyone else? I to? just thought you didn't say anything about the pocket. I'm going to say something about the pocket. Say something about the pocket. Just right. the voices in your head. Just go pocket, 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 pocket. pocket. Blanford, come on, say something smart. The the key point that Ben makes here is that mobile as a device that's always with you actually operates in lots of scenarios and it's hard enough to find a shop that actually has live devices and they will nearly always be oh isn't that annoying a shop that that they should be erased from the earth that they should be i, I agree plastic uh, phones it, it's a lot harder to get that working than you might think because you can imagine the logistics that go into I something think, like I that i think other shops could be like that you're going hello i'd like to buy some trousers uh for 50 pounds please <laughs> well i'm sorry mr smith but uh, we can't actually give you any trousers but here's a picture of a man enjoying some trousers and and here's some plastic trousers of a completely different size and weight would you like to buy them now just just nonsense isn't well, that's it? what happens for when i'm buying trainers yeah i say have you got these in size 10 and they, they go out they come back three minutes later and go well would you like to try them in size nine i'm like no, no, surprisingly. Enough. But, right. it, it's, but it's not acceptable, though, so I don't see why it would be for such a high-value product. It's ridiculous, market. absolutely so, ridiculous. So, I mean, and this is one of the reasons that Apple has been successful with their Apple stores, in yes. that you know, they have provided a first-class experience, and you can actually spend an extended amount of time using the device. It still doesn't get away from the, putting it in your pocket and having the kind of full range of scenarios. And I think it's fair to say, for the kind of consumer electronics we're talking about, uh, smartphones are kind of unusual in that respect. I mean, even music systems, you can get an idea about how good they are. And laptops, which do uh, do classify as mobile devices, actually you know what the kind of mobile experience or the software experience is going to be. But, I mean, pra- practically... Mobile is moving so quickly that actually one iPhone from one generation to the other will actually be significantly different, mm. and even more so if you're switching from one ecosystem to another. Because I think a lot of people look at Android or they look at iOS or, or Windows Phone and they have an experience that's a couple of years old, and that can actually be really out of date. And so yeah. they'll say things and have assumptions about a platform or an ecosystem that are just wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Ergo, one pound, one dollar will send you it. Um, I think it's a nice way. The, the, the failure point, I reckon, is then saying, and then you've got to pay 400 pounds or 400 dollars within three weeks. I reckon they should be saying, and then it's 70 pounds a month for X months. So they, I think they should be making it just that bit easier for people. So what other, what other techniques are, have we seen that are effective for, for switching? Because we've got the device trade-in, um, the... the there was there was some sort of media transferring sort of services, so things like iTunes Match and what's the what's the Amazon one where you can upload your music? It's the Amazon the cloud Music music Cloud, yeah, I've got and that. it will then do the the same kind of music matching. Yeah, we're starting to see. I mean, and HTC have done some of this. In Samsung they've have had done a, it, yeah. a, a, an application they install on the phone that will then go onto your other phone and see what apps you have, see what content you have, and offer to copy them across. Microsoft and uh, Nokia both did the same sort of thing to try and encourage Windows phones, which is because obviously that's the ecosystem that has the biggest issue here, arguably. Apple hasn't done that much yet, but it wouldn't surprise me to see them sort of, and there's a couple of you know third parties that are providing kind of these matching app services. 
It's also going to start being an interesting issue around data and can you get it out of the respective cloud systems into another one? And so Microsoft have very deliberately made OneDrive and some of its cloud services available for the other platforms on the basis that even if it loses you from the hardware, it wants to keep you on its services. So there is Xbox um, Video, for example, available for pretty much every device. Now, that actually reflects Microsoft's uh, role as a challenger, the third, third player. But I think we're going to see more of that kind of thing um, because otherwise... Why would you make your service available on another platform? I think the pricing is really important, though, right? Because for your standard consumer, anyone that I speak to, my family and friends and so on, it's when they go to the mobile operator or worse, when they phone up. Or actually, when the mobile operator phones them, it's terrible because the mobile operator will phone, uh, Vodafone will phone my my mother-in-law and say, hey, you're doing an upgrade. She goes, well, all right. And they go, what one would you like? And then routinely send her something she doesn't want, then she has to send it back and get an iPhone. Uh, because they try and sell us some Android thing that's more profitable for them or whatever. But that's my worst nightmare there for, for these consumers. I'd, I'd like the consumer to be given a different opportunity because typically when they're speaking to the operator, they're making a decision based on price, which is influenced directly by the mobile operator, right? The operator decides how... The manufacturer's exactly, subsidy. Yes, yes. So if the manufacturer can actually say, well, look, if you'd like to try this device, we will subsidize it. Now, I put this to Nokia. Uh, a couple of years ago, I said, if you want to get some degree of success, some degree of traction, why don't you make it easier for people to buy your devices outright? Why don't you lease it to them? Why don't you give it 10 a month or 20 quid a month or 50 quid a month or whatever? Um, and you can have the latest Nokia, but you'll always have the latest Nokia. Every three months, every six months, we'll upgrade you. Uh, if anything goes wrong on the phone, we'll give you a new one. Try and remove the decision uh, to be made, particularly in the UK, for the consumers at the operator level. What, what about when we move away from hardware and, and sort of those ecosystems up to the app level? Because I, I was listening to Spotify the mm-hmm. other day, and it's I, I just... I, I seem to have... Ma- say something, say something. Well, I, I seem to have managed... Doing a Hugh Grant there. I seem to have... I seem to have... Sorry, gosh. I seem to have chosen it by by accident. I, know, I don't ever remember sitting down thinking, right, that's it, Spotify is the one for me, but it just seems to be the service I use for streaming music. And now... I mean, I'm not a heavy user, but I've got a few playlists. I follow a few people. I've got some likes, you know, that kind of stuff. It, 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 I've got it set up on my Sonos system at home, you know, and it wasn't hard, but it took five minutes. Ref Blanford's having a bit of a yawn for himself. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> just boring, Ref Blanford. Blanford's <laughs> so, like, enough with this tediousness. Let, <laughs> let us discuss Windows phones some more. <laughs> um, so... So I've invested a little bit of time and a little bit of effort in yeah. using it. And I'm thinking, actually, it, it's difficult enough to get me to switch my media that plays on all these devices anyway when you're physically just when mm. you're just talking about moving a file from one cloud system to another. But what about when my data is kind of locked into these these service providers, like, you know, kind of all my messages are, or a lot of my messages are stuck in WhatsApp forever. Mm. I'm never going to migrate them to another social app. Um, a lot of my playlists are stuck in Spotify. I mean, even, you know, good, you know, reluctantly, I have to admit that some of my family social graph, and I'm doing the kind of the bunny ears quotes there, yeah. is in Facebook. You know, right. and, it, and it's going to—it's increasingly it's difficult to extract the information to give me the freedom to go somewhere else. I mean, rightly, these guys don't want to make it easy for you to leave. Yeah, it's interesting. You've chosen uh, three services that are ecosystem agnostic at the big level, but you're right. Switching within that sector, so if you want to go from WhatsApp to WeChat or Line or 
Telegram or whatever it happens to be, it's actually quite difficult to do that. And there's very little discussion around that. And I actually think, you know, ecosystems themselves are probably going to be forced to allow a certain amount of data portability, both because a lot of people choose to use third-party services that up by the very nature of platform agnostic. But within that, you know, the lock-in is just as serious and potentially just as irritating. Well, I don't think you're overblowing it, actually. I, I, you know, what, what did it take for you to install WhatsApp? And you know, what, it, what do you do with your existing SMS stuff now? It's not so much... Um, it's I quite still, happily changed, and I'll change again. I don't a replacement, but I, you know, I lo- it's all the message history. Like, you know, do if you I, need that? You want that? I don't need it, but I don't need that. But for Spotify, you've got the playlist and That's recreating those. Yeah. You know, for each service, there's uh, going to be a, a different in, level. Lock in. in my messages, for example, when when you and I are arranging to meet up, yeah. and I say, "Oh yeah, fine, five o'clock yeah. uh, at this place yeah. or whatever." Um, I won't necessarily. I won't write it down no, because I know it's, it's, in it's in WhatsApp. Right. But if that's the week I decide to change, for example, the week that I moved my work phone from a BlackBerry to Android, mm. I spent the week apologising because I'd lost all the track record of all the SMSs and chat and everything mm. previously because it's a, it was just always there. You could just go back and, and look it up quickly. Right. Well, then, and so did you go back to BlackBerry? No, but it right. Was, so it was, it was, was, really it was a I think you're overblowing it. I it think was a horrendous pain. I think it's slightly annoying, but not really. Move on. But, but the, Especially if you've got a really good deal. I mean, the, the other interesting... That's what, that's what makes it easy. Yeah, uh, uh, the other interesting element here is that uh, to make switching easy, you will often create a, a familiar experience. And so you will see Spotify's competitors have playlists. Now, part of that is inevitable because there are certain features you have to have. But I do worry that this kind of need to have switching does have a certain stifling effect on innovation. Now, the thinking behind this is based on what you know, psychologists will talk about switching the switching effect. And the fancy name for it is the mere, expo- mere exposure uh, principle. That's actually just translates the to... Mere the or near? Mere exposure. M-E-R-E. Yeah, but actually the better name for it is the familiarity principle. Well, and that, that people will automatically prefer what they're familiar with and what they're using, even if it isn't a superior experience. And so it actually makes it harder for innovators to attract switches simply because they are doing something different and disruptive, and therefore people won't switch because so they're not familiar with it. give them a good deal. Well, do you give them a good deal? Is that going to be enough? Because actually most of these services are becoming experience-led, mm. and cost isn't always a, a factor, as we've already discussed. Yeah. And so this is a, an issue, to a certain extent, on smartphone platforms, in that there's an expectation that notifications, for example, are all delivered in the same way. And as a result, we've actually now got pretty much all the three major smartphone platforms delivering notifications in the same way. We've talked in the past in 361 degrees podcast, actually it's really irritating. You'll have loads of notifications go off on multiple devices at the same time. And it feels like actually that's a pretty dumb way to do it. But moving and doing it any other way risks sort of alienating people who might be switching or go. And we've seen this with Windows Phone. You know, there was a lot of people saying, I'm not going to use Windows Phone because there's no notifications Microsoft always said they did really? it I was live tiles. I mean, there are plenty of other reasons, of course. Write this down. He's dragged it back to Nokia again. There, there are plenty of other reasons. You could use a, a, another example. You know, people didn't want to switch away from uh, Apple because they were invested in iTunes. Yeah. And it wasn't really until DRM disappeared and everything was MP3 and you got these matching services that you know stop that happening and, and actually, it worries me that that's going to happen lots more and you're right about the experience because the thing that the thing that stops me 
well, one of the things that stops me switching is the fact that if I want an app or a service on, on Apple, which is the, 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 the ecosystem that I primarily live in, they've got my credit card details. Click, Bosch, done. It's like the reason I don't migrate away from Amazon. They've got my home address. They've got my credit card details on file. I can buy in a click. And to, to switch me to another store means I've got to do 50 or 60 keystrokes and a bunch of settings just in order to give them the information in order to, to onboard me as a customer. Just as a, a final point, can I ask you, do you think there is scope for the renting of a lifestyle? As in, you know, would, you, would you consider renting a laptop or uh, doing a, kind of a lease or a hire rather than having to buy one? Do you think that's something that we can be looking at? Yes, I do, uh, and, I, and I would be... How would you react to a Surface Pro, top of the range, for £35 a month? I'd say, what have I ever done to you, and why are you picking on me? But <laughs> I, I, I would, and, and that's... I know how I feel. That's one of the, I do, I suppose, yes. So hang on a second, let me just... No, that's, <laughs> Sorry, Ben. I, 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 was, I was about to do some short jokes, but I won't, because you're my friend, and I respect you. Um, <laughs> most of the time. Most of the time, yeah. <laughs> Except when it's funny not to. Um, so... Yes, I would be interested in renting in renting some hardware. Uh, it might be a more convenient way to own it. But to be honest, if 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 that was the if if you said right, you can go to for your next laptop, yep. you can go to the shop and you can buy the model you prefer, versus being able to rent a Challenger brand, maybe getting it more economically or spreading the cost. I don't think merely renting it. Would be enough. I no, think it's got I think to be good quality. And, it's yeah. got, well, it's got to be good quality, but I think you've got to go further. You've got to not just rent it to me. You've got to onboard me. You've got to guide me through that switching process. You've right. got to help me solve my apps. You've got to have a migration assistant. You've got to be able to pull all my backups out of the place Do where you I think store people them. People are really caring about it. I don't think the average consumer is going to buy an Android. But locking an ecosystem is something that's developed hugely in the last five years. And actually, I think the reason this is an interesting question is lock-in is only going to grow in the next five years as we put more data, more apps, more services into this. And we're sort of the establishment of maybe three or four really big ecosystems. And it's actually a a real area for concern because these things are right at the heart of our lives. And you need to, just as we talked in a previous episode about making smart, uh, informed decisions around security, you need to do that same thing when you're thinking about services and apps and hardware to answer your question you in a sense i already you know rent when i buy a phone you know i have it on a contract and now that um, increasingly we're seeing a a divorce of contract cost or service cost from hardware cost with subsidies actually that's what you're doing you're paying 15 pounds a month um, I do that for software. You know, I'm an Office 365 subscriber. You're, Adobe you're the Cre- one, are you? Adobe Creative Cloud. I found him. I should tell someone. <laughs> Who do I ring? How much do you pay for the Creative Cloud, by the way? Uh, I'm just on the photo one, which is, I think, a, a tenner a month. Right, okay. Um, and I'm paying, I think it's seven ninety five for a 365 family screen because it means I can have it on my laptop. He has to. It's obligatory, though. Smartphones and actually, PCs. Actually, we, we ought to wrap it up, but just before you finish off, just one final thought that struck me the other day. You're talking about the family piece um, because Apple in in the recent um, iOS 8 announcements and things mm. talked about having family style accounts where you could share the media as long as you had a shared credit card you yeah. could have family accounts mm. and I wonder how far we are right before regulators start to pay attention to the really big ecosystems and start to describe some of the lock-in characteristics like getting whole families 
with their yes. data stuck in an ecosystem so that I might want to move, but I can't because I'm tied in because, you know, my husband, wife, brother, sister, mum, dad, whatever, you know, has decided that like the US family plans, you know, yeah. we're all we're all tied in. How long is it before regulators start to say this is a bit anti competitive? Wait until it's happened, then they'll regulate it. And I, and I would yeah. make a comparison to a bank account where the vast majority of people will end up with the same bank account as their family, as their parents. And then it's very difficult to switch away from that. Could the same thing happen with digital ecosystems? So, it, you know, is that you? Have you? Did you choose your bank based on what your parents did? Uh, yes, and I did. And you're still banking with that? And I've since switched away. But ah, a, a lot I'm of people have looked at some recent research and people, you know, 50% of people are with the same bank that they started with. Right. And there, there's a whole, it's a whole different topic. But I think there is, it's, a, it's a long way to go to Luxembourg to visit your private bank, isn't it, to switch? So, you know. okay, okay, thanks. But I, I knew you'd find some way to insert Don't a joke. Don't talk about the estate. Don't talk about the private bank and bring all it, the trusts. Bring it, bring it back to switching. I don't actually think that cost gimmicks are going to make a big difference. Where I do think it is important, as Ben said, is to remove as many barriers as possible in the switching process. Cost is one of them, but I think the bigger piece is around your data and apps. And the problem is, if you go on to the next model of Apple or Google or whatever it happens to be, we've now got to the point where you can restore a backup and pretty much continue using a device in a matter of minutes. Yeah. Whereas when you switch from one ecosystem to another, it's not just hours, it's quite often days of work to get up and running again. We have a lot of North American listeners. And yeah. Some of them actually... Might, we might be considering these kind of offers because you're you're in this you're in the well, market be, where yeah, they're like switching. Yeah. So let us know: uh, is this good value? Is it appealing? Have you done it? Did it yeah, work? Give us the context. Was it smooth? I want to know. Actually, did it work as well? Because I look at these offers sometimes and I think, yeah, that's nice, but it's not going to work. Well, you know, it did say selected. Yeah, selected. There'll be some kind of selected models, models yeah. or you'll get a voucher, or it won't be good. Or enough. you get the voucher thirty days later. Yeah, or something. Exactly. So let us know. And uh, as always, you can follow us at three six one podcast. We're on the website 361podcast.com where, of course, don't forget there is a three-question survey. And if you feel so inclined, you can leave us a comment, drop us an email, or send us a tweet. Thanks for your time, gents. Lots of love. As ever, always great fun. We will be back next week with another one that we haven't yet planned. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can comment, subscribe and catch up with previous episodes at 361podcast.com. If you're an iTunes user, we'd be jolly grateful for a five-star review. There's a link and pictures of how to rate the show at 361podcast.com slash rate. Each review makes it lots easier for new listeners to find us. 